What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? It's your girl, Ashley. I'm here with my husband. What up, though? This is our Journey of Love podcast. How you doing, babe? I'm good. What's going on? Not much. You look good. Thank you. Glad to see you. I need a haircut. Yeah, slightly. Yeah. A little line wouldn't hurt. Yeah. It's a little, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, we'll yeah, it's a little uh, uneven. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is another segment in our family series where we are interviewing our parents to get their perspectives on love, relationships, and all of that good, that good juice. The good juice. The good juice. Yeah, just a little something to see where our roots come mm-hmm. from. You know, our train of thought, mm-hmm. you know, while we do some of the things we do, mm-hmm. say some of the things we say. We had to get them from somebody. Facts. Right. <laughs> so we the apple, they the tree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So our special guest today is my father-in-law, Mr. Fillmore Epps third. My pops. Yes. What's I- going on? Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> he just like me at it. Good morning. Right. What up, though? Very monotone voice. <laughs> you know where you got that from. Right. <laughs> What's going on, sir? Uh, not much. Uh, just uh, a little nervous. A little, oh, a little God, nervous. Nervous. This is just a conversation with a mic in your face. That's all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Uh, just life in general. Uh, I'm in the latter part of my life, and I'm just... On the live each day with a little peace. Okay. Golden years, man. Yes, sir. Okay. I'm on the second half. All right. All right. We appreciate you uh, coming up here to this hot Atlanta. Taking time out to schedule. Right. Yeah. Well, it's Father's Day. I figured I'd try to get up here around the kids or my adult kids now to be with them. Okay. <laughs> you need a tissue? No, I don't. You sure? Yeah. Let me go run and get some. Good. He can use my T-shirt. Okay. Oh, there we go. You good? We got you covered. I'm glad I'm covered. <laughs> for the tears. Right. <laughs> you know, you know, as I got that uh, as uh, black folks ever ever ending illness, them sinuses. Oh, you know what it is? It's my sinuses. <laughs> yeah, it's my sinuses. Them. It's my sinuses. Right. Large. My sinuses. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming, and uh, you know. Uh, I guess I started off and, you know, uh, give a little example of my dad. Um, he is the one who molded me. Well, at least one half, you know, shout out to my mom. But yeah, he's the one that, uh, I get to walk from the, my chest stuck out and, you know, some of the mannerisms get from him. But, uh, he's the one that he's that backbone. We good? All right. Just making sure. But, yeah, he's that backbone, man. You know, somebody that's going to be there for you. Even though you might want him there. He's going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you well, know what? And, 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 you, know, people, you know, people know that I like Batman. But mm-hmm. Batman was always around. And I'm not talking about, you know, as a toy, as a TV show. Mm-hmm. This guy right here mm-hmm. was Batman. That was Batman. <laughs> This guy right here was Batman. I mean, every time you look over, he'll tell me all the time, I'm just like Batman, boy. Mm-hmm. Every time you turn around, you do something, be right there. And he was. Mm. And, you know, at the time, you know, you don't understand it. Right. You don't take it for granted. But 
you know, nowadays, you know, I look back and be like, I'm glad he was there. I call him now. So now I call him and be like, man, I appreciate you. Now. But now. <laughs> 20 some years later, be like, man, look, I appreciate you because, man, these cats out here mm-hmm. make you mm-hmm. shake your head. I'm like, you let your son doing all that. Mm. Or these dads out here just letting their son do Willie Nail. I'm like, man, I wouldn't get away with that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I appreciate him. And um, he's, you know, part of the reason why I'm here today. Mm-hmm. You know, ain't been in jail and I ain't got no drugs. You know, ain't out here doing nothing stupid. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I got to beat the stupid beat out of me. So, they <laughs> oh, so you had a stupid season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, all jokes aside, but yeah, proud of this guy. Oh, that's so sweet. Do you need a tissue? I got, now nah, I got a shirt, shirt. for him. <laughs> <laughs> So how did your relationship with your father influence your perspective on love and relationships and family? Um, one thing that he did that I admired was I never see him break down. Mm-hmm. Never. I mean, when t- you know stuff would get hard from my point of view, mm-hmm. I never. Never, 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 never sound breakdown. Even though, you know, you might look at it and be like, wow, how, how are we going to do this? Mm-hmm. How are we going to do that? I never see him go, you know, I never saw him phase him. Mm-hmm. And then that was just one of the things I was like, I got to be that way. Mm-hmm. Because, that, you know, that shows me that, you know, I might not have the answers, but he was going to have it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. Where he was gonna come through, mm-hmm. and and that stuck with me. And I was like, well, you know, when I have a family, I was like, you know, I need depression on me, so I can come through. Mm-hmm. And he and he always did that, and that 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 stuck out to me. You know, I told him that once, but you know, I don't know if oh, you remember so that. Sweet, yeah. You need some tissue now. Once again. Emotions won't come out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because I mean, you know, as you know, when you grow up, when you got a father in the house, you know, there's supposed to be the security, mm-hmm. you know, the the foundation, and they're supposed to be the one to take care of everybody. Mm-hmm. And then you have, you know, the ones who who leave and ones who fold under pressure because you mm-hmm. know pressure bust pipes. Yeah. But this guy right here, mm-mm. and I didn't, I didn't see him in his dark times, but he mm-hmm. kept that chin up. Was like, be all right. That's what's up. We gonna be all right. So you know that I felt like that was you know put in my system mm-hmm. that I was like, yo, when I get my family, make sure they all right. Make sure they good. Right. Well, they they might not see me go down. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, so now you need prize. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You <laughs> yeah and um he always took care of my mom mm-hmm. you know and she didn't she didn't ever go without you know he didn't disrespect her i didn't see any disrespect mm-hmm. you know he was loyal he respected her mm-hmm. treated her right you know and that's why they going on what 34 years yes sir 34 years yeah, 34 years now, now, now is when i need the tissue <laughs> <laughs> 
he made, I mean, he made sure she was good, man. You know, when they say, you know, a king for his queen, he he took care of her. That's sweet. Yeah. That's good to And he took care of me and Joker. Mm-hmm. Spoiled them all. <laughs> <laughs> we, we didn't go without. We didn't go without. And, you know, another thing that I tell, you know, um, other guys that got kids and, mm-hmm. you know, at my peers and they, you know, come up with excuses or why they can't make it to a, a program or a game or mm-hmm. something like that. And I always tell them, like, man, you, you never know. You need to make that type of stuff, you know, for the kid because they appreciate that. Yeah. And I tell you, he didn't miss anything. All them jobs. He did two, three jobs. He didn't, he didn't miss. And I could, I could probably tell you one track meet. He missed one. At all track meets, all the football games, mm-hmm. he missed one. But it was like a course of a three days, I think. But he made the next day. Mm-hmm. He could. He, it probably killed him that he couldn't make that one. <laughs> but he made the next day. So, mm-hmm. you know, he he made sure that you know, even though he was losing sleep, but he was practicing. eating that. Hey, mm-hmm. he made sure I got up, practice, had the best clothes. Mm-hmm. Everybody asked me, "Ooh, I, how you get that?" He gave it to me. So he you know, he was there. He was one of them dare dads. There that. Yeah, like he that. would. There that. <laughs> so now that you heard all these wonderful remarks from your son, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and your views on, you know, love and relationships and all the good juice, as we say. Well, uh, I guess let's give a history of background by myself. Uh, uh, born in the early '60s. Uh, I am Fillmore Epps III, so there was my father who was junior and his father who was senior. And uh, I guess it was, you could say unfortunately and fortunately, I was born during an era after the civil rights had really pushed itself forward. Martin Luther King Jr. had, I guess, just been assassinated two years after I was born. And uh, that struck me because I still remember the day it happened because my dad, he was a young man. And uh, they was out there running around through the ride and everything. But f- as far as myself, uh, I guess I've learned a whole lot through my life's journey uh, coming up. And now that I look back, I think a lot of the things that Fillmore discussed and talked about, uh, love was, I guess, my foundation of love based really was based on, I guess, my Christianity. Because I was brought up in the church from a baby. And even though, you know, there wasn't a lot of demonstration of love in my family, I always look at how Jesus uh, came and going through the Bible and seeing that. And he showed that type of love that nobody could ever demonstrate or go through. And I tried to do that and be there for my family. And I guess that's how the relationship and how I see love came about. In doing what I've done over the years, uh, I see myself as a professional. And it's kind of ironic that Fillmore said that uh, it was Batman. But as years went by, even today at my job, I wear a symbol of hope. And anybody who's, a, I guess you can say, a DC comic person, they know that that S that Superman wears is the symbol of hope. And I wear that today. I have... 
jewelry, necklaces and rings and a lot of my shirts, even my bike, and the, the colors that he wore. But I see myself as a symbol of hope, even on a job. And uh, the reason why is because I've been there and I be there for people. And I was there for my family throughout these years. And uh, I've tried to teach and show people that you don't you don't give up. You keep going and you make it through. And so I've had the opportunity to have gone through a journey where a lot of uh, experiences have taught me lessons, good lessons, bad lessons, tough lessons, and lessons that a lot of people can't even afford. And when I say that, uh, the types of jobs that I've had, he referred to me having three jobs, but uh, I work for major industries ever since I've had a job, from the time I had my first job even to now. And some of them have allowed me to be and walk with some of the most famous people on this earth today. And some that have passed on and it has uh, diversified my train of thought, the way I see things. And that's how I've tried to uh, influence both my kids in, in their livelihoods to help them get to where they are. So uh, that's a little bit about me. So, Okay. Nice, diverse. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. So, um, I guess, give us some examples of, you know, the love that you show in our family. Immediate, you know, me, Jellica, mom. Right. Uh, well, I guess the first thing that I think. And, and it, not made to cut you off. I'm talking about, like, start from the beginning. When you were young. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So I got married, I guess, early 20s, 24, 25. And uh, during my college days, instead of taking American history, I took black history. So during those times, after I got married and had my kids, I knew it was important that they saw a strong, positive male black figure. And as time goes on and has gone on, Unfortunately, the, the male black figure has kind of defaulted on what I see as a strong black man. And so I tried to give those and show those attributes to them, uh, even from the time they were born to the time up until now. Being there for them, uh, having integrity, character, uh, someone who they could be proud of as they grow older, uh, uh, a lot of people ask me, even today, just because of my demeanor, was I in the military? And I, I've never been in the military, but I think it's because of my disciplinaries, how I look, how I carry myself. Uh, I truly believe in walking with my head up, staring people in their eyes, showing that there's no reason to fear. Because at the end of the day, I know who's in charge, and that's God. And... uh I think it's important as I raise, especially Fillmore, as a man, that there was a reason to have fear because in the end of the times, somebody's going to judge you. But I wanted him to understand that as he was growing up, that if he didn't know how to act and carry himself, man would take him out of this world. And you have to have integrity and some character and be responsible because if you don't, then anybody can take you down. And I've always had this, I guess you say, clash, cliche. Cliche. Cliche, yes. You either stand for something or fall for anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always had told both of them, 
that anybody can follow, but everybody can't lead. And that's why I tried to be a strong leader as a male black man and demonstrated those abilities. Uh, no matter what the downfalls might have been, uh, when I first started working after they were like, well, actually Fillmore was born and, and my wife was pregnant with my daughter. I lost my first major job after two and a half years. And I wasn't in Memphis. I was in a, another city, didn't know a whole lot of people. And I could have taken the low road and took government assistance, but I chose to fight it out. Yes, I did have three jobs because I needed three jobs in order to maintain the financial status and the type of living that we were accustomed to. And I refused to allow somebody else to dictate how we lived. So mm -hmm. I went out there and got three jobs, even though I moved back to Memphis. Uh, it was a struggle trying to get there uh, because there's a different attitude and mentality of people in the South than it is anywhere else in this country. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I had to do what I need to do to make sure that they had the kind of life that I've seen, not experienced, but I was able to see. I grew up in a family where there was five kids and my pop or my father, he he worked hard and he was always gone. He was a father. He was a provider. But he, he 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 wasn't there at my activities and he didn't see the things that I did and the accolades as I grew up as a child. But that's one of the reasons why I wanted to make sure my kids knew that I was going to be there for them. And that was my way of showing them love to let them know no matter what's going on, dad was going to be there no matter what. And I can I want to share this story about Fillmore. He was in school, uh, you know, as he grew up. I was his PTA president through high school. Facts. <laughs> that would irritate me. Big facts. <laughs> that would irritate me. Like, why are you facts. here? <laughs> but, but even before he got to high school, I remember when we had just moved back in Memphis. <laughs> and both my kids were uh, very gifted and smart. And we went, got to Memphis and put them in a public school. And uh, i never forget this. He was in elementary. And uh, he was being picked on. By these guys because they wanted to look at his paper because he was making A's and B's and he wouldn't allow them to. And uh, he came home and shared this with us and said, uh, these guys are picking on me in class. And I said, well, son, you tell the teacher. He came <laughs> home. He said, they still picking on me. And the teacher didn't do nothing. I said, well, go tell her again. And uh, he said, well, he came back. I said, okay, well, this time, because the teacher's not doing what you need to do, you need to go talk to the principal. And you let the principal know. He came back home again. Ain't nothing changed. And I guess about two or three weeks had gone by, and they were in the public school system. So this last time when he came home, I told him, I said, you go to the principal's office, and you tell them that if these boys mess with you again, your father has given you permission <laughs> to pick up a chair and hit them till they don't move I anymore. remember that. I remember. And, and the reason why I did that is because you know, when my kids growing up, coming up in school, school is for education. And they didn't need to be going there fighting and uh, getting it caught up in these people and gang members and things. And I didn't want him to be afraid, but I didn't want him to be going to school being a fighter. I say that to say as he got into high school, you know, when he would get in trouble. That's why I was a PTA president at his school, because he was at probably one of the worst or baddest schools during that era in Memphis. And uh, I, I made an announcement because I became the PTA president 
And I told them, and I told the parents, the teachers, and the students in a meeting that I don't send my son to school to fight. I don't send him to school to be a class clown. And if anybody has a problem, they need to deal with me. Because it wasn't going to be no fighting. It's going to be him getting educated. Because his education was what's going to carry him through his future. And uh, once again, I'll throw this back at him. I'm probably one of the most proudest fathers that can be, especially for my son and my daughter, but more so my son because he's a male black figure in America today who's making it. And, and, and one thing that I can say for sure, and I'm sure Ashley applaud this, he has definitely shown her that black men are not always bad. I mean, he's given her and treating her like the queen that she should be in his house, similar to the way I was in my house. And just to reflect on my daughter, she's strong also. And I told her that as she came up, if a guy can't treat her the way her father treats her, they don't need to be with her. I can remember back just with her when she was getting ready to go to her first prom. And this is where I say why I spoiled them. She was in 11th grade. And it was time for her to go to get a dress. And she said, Dad, I don't want to go to Macy's or nowhere like that to get my dress because somebody's going to have one like me. So that Wednesday morning, we got on a plane. We flew to Dallas. We went to Saks Fifth Avenue. I spent $1,300 for her to have a dress that nobody else was going to have. I remember that. <laughs> and she came back, she wore it, and didn't anyone have it. But that's the kind of thing that I wanted my kids to know that and we weren't rich by no means that you can be successful and live a, a, a real good life, but you just got to know how to act, carry yourself and live with integrity and character. And so, you know, those are the things that I've done over the past to express love. And as far as my wife, like I said, we've never had any arguments about me being with another female or coming in late or anything like that. And one of the things that was disturbing to her and our early livelihood is, you know, I got married because I was ready to be married. But one, one, one evening we were with my family and they asked me early in my marriage, did I love my wife? And I guess we had been married at least three or four years. And I said, I really didn't know yet. And she got upset and started crying. You didn't think she was it? Well, being sensitive how women are. Yeah, I guess it, it, she had to write. But when it comes to love. <laughs> yes, she did. Because I would have like, huh, say what? Say, say it again. Let's run this back. <laughs> but, but, but when it comes to love, and even more so today, people use their words so loosely. And love is not just about saying it, but more so reflecting it and showing it. And, you know. At that time, we were just married. We didn't really know each other. I mean, you don't get to really know each other the first one or two years. You get to know when the time gets tough, when, when, when you, you don't have the financial standpoint, when you don't have the food, and, and both of you guys hanging in there, going through the ups and the downs, dealing with the goods and the bads, and it, and it took over time. And I guess it actually took about hmm, six or seven years for me to really say, I love my wife. Because there were some bad times. I lost my job, didn't have anything. There were times we were hungry. Uh, we had to stay with relatives and sleep on the floor. And for her to go through that with me and we go together and me not say, well, I'm going to go stay with some other woman or her go with some other man. Those are things we had to learn to grow together. So 
Love to me is like a seed. You plant it. And then as it goes on, it grows, it develops, it becomes strong. And when you continue to fertilize it and water it, then that's when you know love is really there because it becomes a strong bond. And we've been married 33, 34 years. And uh, that's odd to people nowadays. I've, I've, I have people ask me all the time because they see my both my kids. And were you married to their mother? And, and, and man, that's great. 34 years, that's a long time. Whereas now people say, I love you, married for weeks, and then they're divorced, married for six months, two years, three years, and then divorced. And even nowadays, you see these stars, they get married, and they're on TV with these big diamond rings and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. I love you. And then two years, they're getting a divorce. So mm-hmm. love is something to me that it has to be uh, nurtured and grown into. And because I know my daughter and my son, as they were small, Hey, my daughter was ready to go and give herself to juvenile court <laughs> because I was showing her some tough love. And I asked her, did she, would she prefer to stay there with me or go to juvenile court? And she said juvenile court. I made her sit down right then and had to explain to her. But there were things that they went through as they were coming up that they didn't understand. But I told my son that, you know, if he can make it through anything that I was putting on him, he can make it through this world because Facts. nobody could put anything more on him than I could. Fact. I tell Peter that all the time. I was like, does nobody besides God scare me besides this man right here? <laughs> I said, I don't think nobody. I'm, I'm telling you, he didn't put me through some stuff. Thick and thin. <laughs> that nobody, I don't care how mad a person get at me, there's nobody be like, mm-mm. You you if you if you do it, you want to bring it and really bring it like really really I mean really bring it. But so let me ask you something then. So you said you didn't really love her until what six seven years in. So did you not tell her like verbally tell her that you loved her at any time prior to that? Well, I mean, I said what she wanted to hear. So you was still playing games. It wasn't a game. I cared a whole lot about her. I've always cared from day uh, one, and I mean it was strong, but. Once again, the word love, it, it, to me, and that's just, I guess, from what I've seen throughout history, you know, I've seen my relatives say they love their wives when they were coming up, and I knew I had uncles that were cheating on their wives, and, and I've seen movies and other people that I knew love, 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 but then when it came to the hard times, they bailed out. So, it, it, I mean, it just was something... It wasn't a game because I knew I was in for the end, to the end. Because, like I said, when I took those vows, I meant it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, love is not just a feeling. It's, it's, it's what you do and showing and being there. Because, I mean, there's a lot of fathers say, I love my child, but he's not at home. So is that child feeling the love? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. But when he's there providing, demonstrating, being at all the track meets, all the cheerleader competitions, PTA meetings and and weddings and still checking up on everybody every day. I think that's the part that every child coming up needs because they need to know that they have that support. And not even as parents, but black people haven't learned to be a strong support for each other. And I think that's one of the problems that we have in this nation. We say things, but we don't demonstrate and do. 
And I wanted to always be a positive influence on my biological family, which are my kids. But I do have several, when I say several children out there that I've helped raise, lived in my home. And most, I would say 95% of them are females to help give them that feeling of security, a positive role model that was African-American male because we don't do a good job of doing it. And a lot of times we run our own females away because, I mean, you, you know, Fillmore and Ashley, that you sit in your meetings at work and you hear a woman say, oh, ain't no good black men in the world today because we, we do very little to show what we say. I mean, everybody can talk a good game, but can you can you really demonstrate it by mm-hmm. being there during those tough and hard times and being there to make sure that they know and believe in you? And like I said, it's like planting a seed and you watering and nurturing it until they grow up to be strong and be independent to themselves. Cool, cool. Okay, so I want to backtrack just a little bit. And um, I want you to, you know, elaborate because I remember – you know, when I was younger, I guess I think I was starting to drive and um, you had uh, come to me asking me about um, how I would dress and me playing the loud music and this, that and the other. And you had this example. You was like, you know, what if you coming down the street and, you know, I'm not involved in drugs and not in the gang. And the police stopped me over, pulled me over, but let the person behind me who was in the gang and drugs and this, that, and the other, pull me over and abuse me and beat me just, just because I'm just, you know, looking like a goon, you know. But now we got, you know, the times have changed a little bit more. Now they pulling over and killing us now. And, you know, it was it was kind of like you foresaw that. You know, I just want you to elaborate on that because, you know, now it's it's a whole lot different, you know, now than it was when I was coming up. Right, right, right. I understand what you're saying. So basically your question is, when it comes to law enforcement authorities, why did I give you that direction? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, well did you? Because, I mean, me growing, coming up, we didn't see it on the news like it is now. You know, it was just, I ain't seen that. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you a story, Fillmore, that I never shared with you before. Lord. You and Ashley may want to go get the Kleenex. <laughs> but I'll never forget one evening I was had gotten out of school and me and my friends were in the backyard, in my backyard, playing football. And uh, I guess we were a little loud. And somebody had called the police on us. And we had to be about 13 or 14. And they came through the backfield in our backyard. And they yelled at us and told us to get on the ground. And uh, I told him, I'm at home. And he yelled out, boy, I said, get on the ground. And I was afraid. I was afraid because of the things, like I said, coming out of the and living in the early 60s, what policemen were doing to people that they would do it to me. And so from that standpoint, and even though my major in college was criminal justice and I've worked in I guess you could say law enforcement and corrections. I know and knew during that time period that 
our law enforcement, especially in the South, didn't have integrity. Mm-hmm. And I still feel that today. And I mean, we see it as we see African-American men and women nowadays being abused. And it pretty much, they're almost going back to the 60s. But I always wanted to make sure that you knew that you had to respect authority. Because at the end of the day, by law, they had the right to do whatever they want to do to you and could get away with it. And before I was married, I worked in corrections at the juvenile center. And I saw it. I saw white correction officers do things to African-American boys that were acceptable. But then when white juveniles would come in the juvenile court system, I would say things to them and I was reprimanded for it. Matter of fact, that was how I lost my first job because I had a white male come in drunk, start yelling and saying what he said to me. And I shut him down and put him up. And one of the white intake officers stood up, yelled and cursed at me. And I said something back to him and he reported me to the head guy at the time. And when I went in that morning, I got yelled and cursed at by him. And that's when I guess my whole stand as far as hold your head up, stand for something or fall for anything. And I stood up and looked that guy in the eye. And even though he was my superior, my boss, and I told him I put my pants on one leg at a time. And if he yelled and used that kind of language to me again, I was coming across the table at him. <laughs> and, you know, but going back to what you were asking me, I, I didn't want you to have to go through that. And that was one of the reasons why, even in school, I wanted to make sure you understood that dressing, presentable, carrying yourself with integrity and character, not only to protect yourself, but, hey, you represented me. Mm-hmm. And I know that's how I carry myself, and I carry myself that way today. And people will respect you for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the years, I've had several, like I said, jobs with major companies and uh, I've traveled over the whole United States representing these companies. And when I leave, I leave a very positive impression of how an African-American male should lead. And it shouldn't be about color. However, it is in America. Mm-hmm. But I always have left an impressionable uh, you know, feeling with people. And they respect me today because of that. Mm-hmm. And when I say I work with, uh, I guess, dignitaries and people... And I'm talking about, and I'll throw this name out there, Michael Jordan, uh, Raven Simone, Gerald A. LeVert in the past, people of the past, you know, who were very well known throughout the United States. And these people saw me as somebody with integrity. And the company that I worked for, because they believed that much in me, they let me go and be out there and represent them doing the job that I did. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Because <laughs> I mean, it rubbed off on me a little, you know, it rubbed off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it rubbed off on me. He knows some people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not even on that. I'm just, you know, as far as, you know, the being a, a standout leader, mm-hmm. being an example. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I tell you all the time, Ashley, you know, I don't like being the trend. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to be, you know, mm-hmm. trendsetter. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, everybody's able to get on that. They're part of training, and then they quick to get off. Right. So, yeah. so, so it did stick. Yeah, it stuck. Anybody can be a follower, but everybody can't lead. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 So, um, 
going back to the family, I know growing up you, you know, you've been really, you know, stern about family. And um, what what does family mean to you? Well, I guess I, I go back, like I said, and talk about my mom and my dad. Uh, I did have two parents, and I was raised in a family type of environment. However, like I said, my 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 father wasn't there. You know, he worked all the time just to make sure we would have. Like I said, this was those time periods in the early '60s when. African-American men were trying to really provide for their homes and come out of those slums and apartments and have houses. And that's what my dad did. He we, he bought us a house in a very nice neighborhood. We had a car. And my mom was there. She didn't work uh, taking care of us. And so I, I, I know it's important and knew it was important to be there as a collective group. Everybody, I mean, a family is like your hand. And, you know, you got your pinky finger, your thumb, middle finger, and those other fingers. But you cut one of those off, and that hand don't function like it should. Mm-hmm. You know, and you don't realize. You cut that thumb off and see how long you can hold a hammer <laughs> when you're trying to do work. So family is very important uh, because everybody supports each other. When times get hard, you know, you never know what person's weaknesses can be strengthened by another person just being their form. And I say this even on my job today as I see so many uh, young people come through that have an experience having two parents, whether it's a father or a mother, and they there's a there's something they're missing and that's lacking. And I think that strong support, knowing that somebody's going to be there for you, being able to come home and feel secure, that's important. And... Uh, as a father, I think we should be the king and head of our households to be able to continue to make that bond and make that connection and to show people why it is important to be a family. Uh, and not just the immediate family, but the extended family, knowing who your relatives are and being able to uh, uh, affiliate and develop relationships with them. Uh, because, like I said, it's a diverse world out there and we got to know how to Go out there and survive. True that. Because DT out here, he making it hard. <laughs> he making it hard. For those who don't know, DT is Donald Trump. Yeah, put him in office. But but once again, and I guess, and, and I hear people talking about him all the time. Man, he doing some bonehead crazy stuff. But I got to go back to even... Like I said, when I first got married and through this thick and thin, when you truly know where your help comes from, ain't nothing DT can do. Because in the end, we know who's going to win. And so, and that, and, and that's how I truly believe. Mm-hmm. I believe that God's going to see me through no matter whatever happens. Okay. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So now we got the, what family means to you. So... Let's go on to, you know, the olive branch that you extended to me and Angelica. You know, what was it? What, what was the the meaning behind that is the stick together, you know. Right, right. I understand what you're saying. Uh, one is because. The whole tight knit. Right. Because one is the reason is because we didn't have five or six children. And 
as you, we, as my, your mother and myself, we grow older and we go on, you guys really don't have nobody but each other. Because one of the things, like I said earlier, the African-American family or people that represent the family haven't learned to jail. So as they get older, they part ways. They're not there for each other. And I wanted you guys to grow up knowing that when we're gone, you may not have nobody with each other to depend on. So it's important that you continue to keep that family bond, that strength. And you got strength that Angelica don't have. She has some that you don't have. But you can always rely on each other and know you that somebody's going to be there for you. Because it's, it's, it's pretty tough being out there being alone. Mm-hmm. And you know you got people that's supposed to be in your bloodline that when you need something, they ask you, they tell you to go to the church. But <laughs> yeah. You expect them to be there for you, but they're not. So, you know, you guys coming up, and I'll never forget when you guys used to fight. And I tell you, I tell you, that's your sister. You don't put your hands on her, first of all, because she's a woman. Then secondly, that's the person you got to depend on when you get older. And even in developing careers, as we've gone along, and one of the things I tried to make sure I taught you guys is do something, not just because it's the trend, but where everybody can benefit in the family. Uh, as you know, all the different jobs I had, we're not rich, like I said, by no means. We always benefited, whether it was a discount on clothes, flying around the country free, or wearing as cool as shades. <laughs> you know, those type of jobs I had, we were able to get them at half the cost or less. Uh, here's a story that I meant to tell you. Uh, and uh, and this is why I said you guys are spoiled. I remember when they were about nine and ten years old, my daughter and Philma went to my wife and said, can we stop wearing Nike stuff? Uh, we want to wear some real clothes. I don't remember that. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> and and so they didn't realize during that time that uh, that brand was going to be one that everybody is always wanting, killing, taking. And even today, everybody got to have their shoes with the swoosh on them. And what he wearing now, right now? That's what I'm saying. Right. Nike shirt. That's Nike what I'm saying. I don't remember that. Nike is on. I remember it because that's when I went and told your mama y'all was ungrateful. <laughs> Apologize to everybody. What your full of Nike now? Yes, that was the Good devil. That was the devil. I ain't know no better. I was trying to block my blessings. <laughs> but but I think, like I said, over time, you know, both of them's careers has helped. They can help each other still. You know, uh, feel more. He, they know what kind of business you in. No. No. Oh well, he's doing very well in what he does, <laughs> and he can extend that out to his family members. And what Angelica does is very very resourceful and she can extend it out and those are things that most people don't have an option in their lives and me and my wife we can retire and never do another thing and we know we're taken care of because we built that bond of family okay well you know since over the last year your family got a little bigger with with my wife okay you know there's no announcement there's no announcement relax No announcement with, with her. Oh, down. okay, okay. You just said that. Everybody calm down. Right. With her. I've been waiting on you. <laughs> Everybody breathe. <laughs> so I mean, so how have you adapted with her being part of the family? Yes. Well, 
And, and I'm going to be honest, and I hope she don't take the attitude like my wife did when it took about five or six years. But, you know, I, I accept Ashley in our family, and I love her, care for Well, I'm going to say this. I care for her. Not saying that I don't love her, but we haven't been around each other enough yet for me to get to know her or her to get to know me. Mm-hmm. She only knows me from what you have said. Because I guess since Ashley has been married to you, we probably hadn't seen or been around each other Christmas? a dozen times. Yeah. You know, so... I think it's some still some growing there with us because uh, she'll learn that hey I'm here for y'all, a hundred percent. I may not, and and this is something that you and Angelica didn't realize, but I I, I didn't verbalize a lot of emotion and, and show a lot of emotion. Facts, but <laughs> that's where you got that from too. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee you, ain't nothing finna happen to her or you. Right. And you already know from my arsenal that if y'all need to come home, come <laughs> on. I'll get in trouble. Just call me. <laughs> but, 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 uh, I mean, I, I, I think you found a, a great woman in your life. Uh, and, uh, I think you guys treat each other like a husband and wife should. Uh, I've seen the things she's done since she's been married to you to support you and, uh, being a wife and the things she does as a wife and you being, the same as a husband and you guys care. And that's all I ever have wanted is for you and well as, as well as Angelica, whoever your mate is, is to respect each other and love each other. Because it don't really matter what me and my wife think because y'all got to care for each other and be together for the rest of y'all lives. And ain't no need playing games. Right. Like Ashley referred to earlier, there's no need playing games. You got to do what you got to do and be real about it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I said, We'll grow, Ashley and I, and uh, she'll learn a lot more about me. I'll learn about her. But uh, at the same time, it's going to be you two guys that, that matters. You know, what y'all see about life. And I know I put enough in you to make sure that you make it work. You know, and uh, I'm sure you will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that look he gave you. Oh, like, yeah. uh yeah. I tell her all the time I'm built for it tough now. <laughs> yeah. So there was one question I had for you that Fillmore um Which Fillmore about is two of us. <laughs> the fourth, my uh. Fillmore. <laughs> my Fillmore shared um just in conversations about family that we were having. He said he he mentioned to me that you told him at some point um not to date girls from single parent homes. And that struck me. I was like, "Really?" Because he ended up marrying a girl from a single parent house. So I just wanted to know, like, why you told him that? Like, what was your rationale in telling him that? Or, like, what perspective you were coming from? Well, that's a good question. Because when he was going through and what they were going through when they were coming up, you know, a lot of women coming up during those times were looking for someone to fill a void mm-hmm. and the women or the young ladies growing up in those parents they I don't know I just didn't want him to be out there just fishing and, and then getting the wrong person mm-hmm. uh, and Phil may have to help me because that's been so long ago 
<laughs> His age kicking in now. <laughs> well, I mean, I remember you telling me, you know, through having, you know, guy could talk about, you know, the relationships I was having and, you know, this girl, that girl. And all I was dating, you know, was girls who were women or whatever you want to call them, you know, with single parent homes. And the struggle that I was getting, you know, the backlash that I was getting from that, like how they wasn't seeing, you know, what I see because I can't see what they're seeing. But I'm trying to, you know, bring them into my world. And then you, you know, you told me, you know, that sometimes you got the moms who are out there and saying, you know, men ain't this and men ain't that. And then you didn't want me to go. Didn't want me to go through that. So, I mean, that's why you, you know, told me at the time, you know, try to pick you somebody who got, you know, both sides. Right, right. And it was about balance. You know, uh, I wanted Fillmore to uh, experience being there with someone who had balance. But as time rolled on and we, like I said earlier, found that nowadays it's a lot of single parent females raising their children. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Fillmore has... Uh, graduated to wearing an S on his chest because he's an example. And, and that's what women need is an example of uh, an African-American male being positive and showing them that they know how to love and care for people. And I think that was important. And uh, I guess, like I said, Ashley, over time, uh, things happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and him marrying you, who came out of a single parent, probably was a good thing because, like I said, I'm not knowing a lot about you. You being able to find a male figure that was that's good to you, treat you like you want to be treated, it's, it's something good because there, there are females out there that need that. Mm-hmm. And that do have fa- dads and not fathers. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want him to grow up being is a father and not just a dad. And like I said, coming up in time, seeing these single women out there not having a man in their lives, then they're planting these seeds in their daughter's head. Ah, oh, he's just another man. Just go get what you can get, and then if it don't work, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good feel. But, I mean, like I said, as I planted my seed and nurtured him to grow strong, I mean, he got it because here's a story. Become a story. I always got a good story. I remember this one young lady that uh, Fillmore Epps the fourth was trying to play her, and I ran up on him and caught him, <laughs> and I did something that messed him up. I invited her over, and he didn't know. And when he came in, his eyes was wide open, and I bust him out right in front of him, and I told him he never knew and have ever seen me cheating on his mother. And uh, that wasn't the right thing to do. And when he found who he needed to be, he needed to be dedicated to that person. And I did not want him doing that. And if he felt like he needed to do that, he needed to leave that person alone. And he did. And he grew up. And I know that hurt him because that was a blind side. But it was about, like I said, teaching him to have integrity and character in who he decided to be with and make sure that's who he wanted to be with. Facts. He had to strain you up. (laughs) Cheetahs. I'm sure there's a conversation edition. after this too. <laughs> Cheetahs edition. <laughs> oh. Okay. Good. I just thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Because I do know a lot of women raise children from their brokenness. So I can see that side of it. But I know my mom was one of those ones who was never like a man basher. She was never one of those. She, you know, like she said in her segment, she was always pro love and pro this. I was the one that was skeptical. And she was like, no, it's I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> but, but but you know what, Ashley, and you bring out that point that I was making. You because you saw her struggling and what she had to do, that you had the issue with it. Mm-hmm. So so mine was more of a place. I like we said in her segment. I learned more from my mother of what not to accept. So I think I was harder when I was in relationships because I had seen so much of what not to do. Right. I was extra tough, you know. So it was like if I saw any sign, I'm like, oh, bye. I'm going to holler at you, you know. So I was never I was never taught, you know, oh, play with the man or just get his money and leave. You know, that was never my thing. Right, my thing right. was, oh, no, you're going to respect me, right, period. Right, right. And if I see a hint of, oh, I'm going to holler at you. You know, there was right, no, right. no, let's talk. No, I don't want to talk about it. Like, you out. And that's you know? why, and that's why when I brought Fillmore, I showed him there wasn't an option. You treat the woman right from the beginning mm-hmm. and you dedicate yourself to her. And be there for her. So you don't have that as a problem as you grow up in life. Mm-hmm. And that she can trust and know. And, and that's what I can say I respect and love about my wife. You know, I, I probably got more female friends than I have male friends. Mm-hmm. But my wife know, or she tells me, don't nobody else want me. That, <laughs> that I'm coming home, that I'm going to be true to her, and I'm dedicated, and I got integrity in mm-hmm. what I do. And, and, and that's how you can learn to have peace, that when your wife know that you can be around other women and, or, and she can be around me and there's no jealousy because he, she know over time you've developed and planted that seed and made it strong mm-hmm. to where, hey, there's that balance. So. That's Any more questions? The fourth? No, I'm good. Good. He's done a great job. He has. Is there anything else you want to add? To mm. Final words. Well, uh, since this is a family version, I mm-hmm. think uh, in closing, I'd just like to say any female or male out there, learn to really truly define what love is before you start saying it. Yeah. You know, and then once you learn what it is, I mean, be true to it. Have some integrity. Live with character. Because that female is not the only one looking at you. The world is looking at what you do. And and your job and how successful you are and you moving up, that can make a difference. And, you know, and you want to be successful in life. And we as African-American men need to take our role back and uh, be leaders so we can be respected. By not only America, but by our families, because our families don't respect us anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's a loss. We're becoming a lost legend. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of the day, it's about our legacies that we leave and the things that we leave behind. And like I said, if something happens to me and my wife, it's all been about building a legacy. And I know I've left two people biologically uh, that is going to represent what I believed in and what I've trusted in and lived for all my life. And the foundation was about God being put in me. So that's all I needed to say. Thank you very much. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for joining us. We definitely appreciate that. Yep. 
sure man of God have, right there. You sure you don't have no final words? Huh? No, 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 no. I said enough, you know. Okay. My dad came. He represented. Okay. Like I thought he would. Yeah. Came so, through. Appreciate you being on the show. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> well, guys, this has been another episode of Our Journey of Love, of Family Edition. As we say all the time, be sure to follow us on all our social media sites. As they say, we are on everything. Everything includes Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Did I leave anything out? I think that's everything. Yeah. That sounded about right. right. Yeah. (laughs) Everything. So be sure to subscribe on all those media sites. Um, And as we always say, just leave us a comment, review, any questions, anything you want us to talk about. Be sure to hit us up on any one of our social media sites. Yeah, because we love your feedback. We do. We definitely do. So thank you so much (laughs) for listening. Um, We so, so appreciate it. And remember, love is patient. Love is kind. Be sure to join us here next time. Peace. Holla.